0: to the book of John, the book of John chapter number 6, and we're going to read starting at verse number 5, John chapter 6, and we will start reading at verse number 5, amen. A very familiar passage of scripture and something that I know that uh, uh, we have uh, read from before and and, uh, that you have heard messages from before. But uh, I believe God today truly wants to challenge us, speak to our hearts here this morning. John chapter 6, starting at verse 5, going to go through verse number 9. If you're there with me today, would you say amen? The Bible here says, When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him. Christ asking this of Philip, to prove Philip. For he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? If I can this morning and for some time, you know, there's times the Lord will place something upon your heart, and it just sits there. I like to use the term, it just marinates there in your heart and your soul, and and I would dare say for the better part of a year, this thought that God had laid upon my heart had just been there, And I and I thought about it one day, I said this in my... I believe God put it in my mind, and I was thinking of that, and I said, Lord, I don't quite, I don't quite know where we'd go with this, And uh, but the Lord had been dealing, and we'd been working, and so this morning, what I'm going to say in title, it might sound like I'm speaking something in error, but I'm going to ask, if you will, just be patient with pastor this morning. And I believe with the Lord's help, you'll understand what I believe God's trying to say to us this morning. But if I can, I'd like to preach for just a few moments on this thought, and that is God can't count. Amen. God can't count. Now, I know that sounds very wrong. I know that that sounds like I am misguided. That maybe I have not read my Bible correctly. That Brother Jacob is out in left field and you knew this day was coming. But I do believe that there are some things that we could look at in regards to this. So as I said, please be patient with me. Pray for me. And I believe God will speak to our hearts here today. And we'll look together and you might come to a realization that maybe it's true that God can't count. Can we pray together this morning? Father, I thank you today for your faithfulness. And Lord, truly, I do give you all the praise and all of the glory. I thank you for every heart and life that's represented here this morning. And Father, I pray today, as always, your word, Lord, that it rests with that anointing and it goes forth in power. Lord, as we know it will accomplish what it's sent to do. I pray anoint my mind and my lips. Help us, Lord, as we deliver the gospel this morning. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary. And Lord, give me your mind and your voice today. I pray today you'd meet with us right here in these altars. Challenge us and change us. And we'll give you thanks and praise for what you'll do. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Won't you look at your neighbor and say, can you count? Amen. Can you count? I don't know if God can count. Can you? Hallelujah. I don't know if God can. Can you? Praise the Lord. So before you judge me this morning and before you, you vote me out because I have, uh, you would accuse me of heresy today, again, I ask if you'd just patiently bear with us and help us, amen, as we get here into the Word of God. Here out of this particular passage of Scripture we come to find, as I had made mention, that we uh, many of us are very familiar with this particular story out of the Gospels. We find Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all recording this particular and most notable, if you will, miracle. Some would arguably state that uh, there are uh, specific miracles that were uh, so transcendent and caught the uh, attention of so many as to where Christ was undeniably displaying his deity and power and the truth that he was the Son of God. We find that when Jesus had come up out of that Jordan River, the Bible says that the heavens were opened and a dove came down, the Holy Ghost in the form of a dove came down and lighted upon him and rested upon him and a voice from heaven that declared, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased the word of God tells us at that, that very instant that day amen the word of God uh, illustrates to us that in Christ he had the Holy Ghost without measure and we come to see that the miracles that had began to transpire throughout the life and the ministry of Christ we come to see all of the things I'm talking about blinded eyes that were opened And deaf ears that were unstopped, those that were mute could begin to talk, leprosy that was cleansed, dead men that would come out of tombs, hallelujah. We see demoniacs that were delivered, and we see the paraplegics would find their legs and their strength again to get up and to walk and run and leap and praise God. Time and time again, we see the miraculous of our Savior time and again we see the things that completely baffle our human minds. I want you to understand today it is safe to say that there is much that we don't know or even understand about God. I think we could all testify of that. I think all of us, it doesn't matter how new you are in Christ or how old you might be or seasoned you might be in your walk with God, I can assure you of this that man does not know the full capacity. We do not know the full height, the width, or depth of who he is. Amen. We will do our best to seek him out. We will do our best to understand him. We will do our best to pursue his will and his ways. But there's much, Brother Benjamin, that I don't know about him. His work, his ways, his wonders, his thoughts, plans, and purposes are beyond our scope. As a matter of fact, there are some things today that that we look at where we are and what God has done. But two years ago or six months ago, you were like me in certain places of life, shaking your head, scratching your nog and wondering, God, what in the world are we going to do? God, how in the world is this going to work? God, how in the world are you going to move in this situation? And yet, Brother Keith, here we stand. They say that hindsight, is 2020. And oftentimes with the work of God, it is after the fact that we look and see, oh, now that makes sense. Now I understand why I had to wait. Now I understand as to why there was a pause here, a yes here, and a no there. Why there was enough over in this corner and there was just a little over in this side. There's moments that we have where we look back. And we say, my God, you are good and you are powerful. It is beyond our scope. We are limited in our humanity. Paul said this. He said, when we see, we see through a glass darkly. Amen. There's not clarity in all of these things, Brother judy There are places in life that right now, maybe even this morning, there are things in it's obscure, it seems opaque, it seems like you can't get a clear picture. And so, what are we left to do, Pastor? What are we left to do in those moments when we don't understand? When sight is limited, when our understanding is limited, when our reasoning is restricted, we reason our way through life. We are left trying to figure out, oh, what he what we are to do, or better yet, the question. In God, what are you doing? I'm talking about a fist-shaking accusation, looking at God, blaming him, cursing at the heavens. But I do know, Brother Segura, call me right or call me wrong, in my humanity there's been times, Brother Ringo, where I have been in positions and places, and I've said, God, not only do I not know what to do, but Lord, could you please give me some insight on what you are doing as, well, amen. amen. I want to be sure I'm preaching the right group of people. Hallelujah. If not, tell me now. I'll pack up. I'll find another church to find a congregation we can preach to this morning. Hallelujah oh but can i say this morning as we look at all these things and we're trying to understand it we see that these things there are certain things that cannot be understood we trust we believe we exercise faith as God works we learn to have confidence in his ability we have to come can i say this the sooner we come to terms with what we cannot do And we recognize that he can do all things, the better off we will be. The sooner we learn that lesson, Brother Mike, the better off we will be. The sooner we grab a hold of that truth, the better off, amen, that we will be. As we look and have confidence in his ability, we see his might and wonder on display. Moments that perplexed us. Turn into praise as we can stand and declare who but God has done such things as these. Is there anybody in this house this morning that you've ever had a who but God moment? Is there anybody under the sound of my voice who can stand and testify and say who but God has done, has delivered, has healed, has set free has made a way I think it'd be good to go ahead and give him a hand of praise and say who but God hallelujah oh in this I know we can testify sometimes we need to be stirred to remembrance I know and believe everything I'm telling you this morning But there's still times, Sister Ricks, this preacher has to be reminded. There's still times that I have to get on my face before God. And my prayer is like that one in the Bible who said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Amen. Lord, I believe you, but please help my unbelief. I want you to understand, there is much today that we could boast of and confidently declare that our God can do anything. Yes, he did, and yes, he can. Hallelujah. In his ability to do all, we often follow it up with the statement that that what God lie the word of God tells us God is not a man that he would lie I believe sister gold in this truth as well that God cannot fail understand and all that God can do I believe there are some things he cannot do and like I said two of them very prominently displayed in scripture he cannot lie and he cannot fail hallelujah oh can I say that with this statement we look at him in his precision in his order his immaculate design and supernatural abilities. I want you to understand this morning God is a God of order. I want you to understand that there is not chaos in heaven. I want you to know today as Sister Corey Ten Boom uh, so wonderfully declared there is no panic in heaven. There are only plans. Hallelujah. Oh, Oh, you and I have panic. You and I lose our minds. You and I don't understand. But Brother James in heaven, God is always endorsing, always working, always engaging. Oh, and can I say, can I just tell somebody who would listen to me this morning? Can I tell somebody Oh, that what you're up against today, God did not go to the drawing board last night. Hear me. Brother Keith what we're up against today God didn't say hang on. He didn't call a board meeting. He didn't have a special session. He didn't get everybody to say hang on. Chad's up against this. Hang on. The doctor just said this about Ben. We got to get everybody together. We've got to have a meeting because we didn't plan on this. No sir. No ma'am. There is no panic in heaven. There Better at work I can assure you today That before you got there He was already there Hallelujah Hallelujah I get tickled Talk brother Corey Sometime it was at one of the fellowships One of our family fun nights He learned about a domino game Called trash train And uh and I'm not going to spend time to explain to you the rules and how it's played. We'll do that another time. But I get tickled at Brother Corey when we play this game. Because Brother Corey, he plans his next three or four moves so far in advance. that. But there's five or six people that are between him and his next move. And he gets it all planned out, but Sister T's somebody inevitably lays a domino down where he was going to play it. Somebody inevitably throws out a double that's got to be covered and it stops everybody's train. And I've seen Brother Corey more than once over there. Oh, man. I'm telling on him this morning. He's hiding behind that computer screen. But I said, oh, mm." and I get tickled. I said, brother, I said, in this game, you can't plan so far ahead because there's all these things that happen, especially you got five, six people in front of you. People are unpredictable. Situations are unpredictable. We are in the moment of things, and I want to. Oh, this is what I'm glad for. But God's plans, they stand. God's purposes, they stand. Oh, can I tell you what has upset you? What has turned over your basket? What has rocked your world today? will pass away. But what endures forever? The word of the Lord endures forever. Oh, God orchestrates. He's immaculate. There's order. He has everything together. You've never seen someone who has it together like God. You've never experienced someone who's got the plans together like God, Sister Linda. You've never seen because He is eternal. He is the Alpha, the Omega. He's the first, the last. He is, as one preacher said, He's also everything in between. You can't outdo. You can't outmaneuver. You can't outfigure. You can't outcontemplate. Because, Brother Mark, And he's already been there And when the lights are turned out And the last amen's been said When the earth is consumed by fire One thing does remain It is the eternal Ageless Miraculous Marvelous Powerful Lamb of God He still stands Oh Supernatural Supernatural extraordinary all of these things i'm declaring to you today and this country preacher is going to dare tell you that in all of his awesomeness that god can't count amen it's a dichotomy it's a contradiction of its own brother ben How do we figure? How do you suppose? Brother Jake, how are you going to spin this in such a way as you have already declared about all these things God does and he does right and he does on time and he does with purpose and precision that perplexes the the most uh, sophisticated of human minds? How are you going to tell us that he cannot count? Well before I deliver that to you I'm going to show you ways in the word of God Where numbers are important to him Amen Oh you'd say you're just setting yourself up for failure today Preacher No but let's look at this I said as I was preparing I said Lord I, I need to know what you did count I need to know what you have done Before I can fully understand what you, What you aren't doing And what you can't do Oh listen just a few things to note In six days he created God created the heavens and the earth. On day number seven, he rested. We find that God gave the blueprints to Noah with the exact measurements, Brother Jeremy, to build that ark so that he could survive a global flood that would transpire 40 days and 40 nights. He gave Moses specifics of measurement and number for the tabernacle in the wilderness. We find that in that same wilderness He gave ten specific commands of the law There were twelve tribes of Israel There were forty years of wandering in the wilderness David grabbed five smooth stones Amen There were, brother Chad, twelve disciples There were three nails And there was one cross There were three days In the heart of the earth Oh, but Brother Gary, there was also one empty tomb. Hallelujah. There are numbers upon numbers and strategic points and times that we see God's plan has transpired. So how dare you, preacher, say that God can't count? Well, I'll say this because as we look at this today... I come to realize, and I believe that our text even implicates to us, that the disciples had the same persuasion. They had the same thought. Because Jesus, as there are, Scripture tells us, there were 5,000 men who were counted. Now, understand counting, and during that time, they would only count the men. And so, therefore, women and children... It is safe to say even if you were to assign a man and a woman to each man, that was counted. There's 15,000 people. We could even probably assume there was more than that. But as a result, we find to where Jesus' math skills are put to the test. Or rather, if you will, the disciples' mathematics were being tested. Amen. We've heard some of these kids in prayer requests. They'll say, "Pray for me. I've got a math test." <laughs> I'm glad they're not in here. They'd go into panic if they heard Pastor saying, "Well, God can't count, so you should." They'd <laughs> say, "Oh Jesus, what am I? What am I going to do?" But in this we see the number And the Bible says this Is that Jesus looks At Philip And he poses the question He is asking him He says and if I may paraphrase Here he says What do we have? What do we have that we might buy bread So that these may Eat? And the Bible Says this he said to prove Philip and I always Love this part I will forevermore or emphasize this place in scripture The next part of this verse says For he himself already knew, Already knew what he would do Glory be to God Oh would somebody hear that That ought to make an Episcopalian shout this morning Oh he already knew What he was going to do But he was going to first confuse Philip, he was going to first seemingly answer an impossible question. He was going to convince Philip that though he could walk on water, though he could raise the dead, though he could open blinded eyes, he was going to have Philip believe that he could not do simple math. Because you've got 5,000, 15,000, possibly more than that. And he says, what do we have that these might eat? Philip answered him to say this. 200 pennyworth of bread. Now listen, Philip is not saying that's what they had in the treasury. Philip is describing to God himself... He says, "Here's our problem." He said, "Even if you had two hundred pennyworth," he said, "of bread," he said, "it would not be enough." He said, "Not even if they were to take a little morsel." You see, Jesus, this is not going to work out. You've got. 15 to 20,000 and even if and here's something you got to understand what he was speaking of with 200 pennyworth this was speaking of it was a quick calculation that represented the the, the shortage of, uh, of the ability to purchase what was demanded. The denarii was the standard currency of the day. And I want you to understand it said one denarii. It was representation to a man's pay for the day. 200 penny worth. When you study that out, Philip was saying, it would even a man's years worth of wages will not be saved sufficient to meet the need therefore under his breath Jesus you can do a lot of things but you can't count and then Simon he or Andrew excuse me Simon Peter's brother Andrew speaks up and he says well he said I've been looking through the crowd I was seeing if there was anybody here had any food. I was seeing what there might be available. And he said, this is what I found. There is one lad here. There is one boy with five barley loaves and two fishes. And to add insult to injury, Sister Linda, he says, but what is this among so many? So now, brother Eli, Jesus has not only convinced Philip that he can't count, but he has convinced Andrew that he cannot count. What do we do, Lord, when your math doesn't line up? How is it, God, that you see the demand Oh, but where is the supply? What are we going to do in this, Lord? You've numbered the stars. And your word says a very breath of our body is held in your hands. You have numbered my days from the beginning to the end. David said you have recorded all of my members in your book. Lord, I know you can do math on certain levels. But surely, surely in this, surely, Lord, you're not You're not that limited, are you, to where you You see what's going on but you can't count. There's a dilemma, Brother Marvin. So I would like to propose to you some of the reasons why God can't count. Understand, I want you to know that God can't count right. His math don't always add up because of people. Because of people. Understand what I'm saying with this. The Bible tells us out of our text, listen carefully. It says, when Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great multitude, a great company come unto him. The same story in Matthew 14, verses 14 and 15. Listen to the introduction to this. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude. But here's the problem, Sister T. Here's one of the reasons why he can't count. Is he saw the people, Sister Linda. But it says he was moved with compassion towards them. And listen to what he did he healed their sick and when it was evening his disciples came to him saying this is a desert place the time is now past send the people away send them away Lord we don't have enough But because, brother Aaron, he saw them through eyes of compassion, his math got complicated because to him. Now listen, I've got a nine-digit number, a social security number that was issued to me the day that I was born. And so in the eyes of the government, they don't know me as Jacob Smith. They don't know the ins and outs of my life. They don't know my mom and daddy and my family. And they don't know where I came from. from and all that kind of stuff of who of what has made me up to them, Sister Haley. I am simply a number. I am simply when I call, God help us, a customer representative. You think it shouldn't be this hard to talk to somebody. It shouldn't be this hard, amen, to solve my problem. Brother Jeremy, if I can just talk to somebody, I know that we can get it figured out pretty quick. But not only do I got to press a number for this one, and then when I press that number, I got to press another number, and then I've got to do a handstand, and then I do got to do a cartwheel. And then, anybody else been with customer service like that? And then you got to wait and call when it's a full moon. And when the planets are aligned. And, oh, I'm sorry, it's a Monday. You're going to have to wait and call on a Tuesday. Oh, sorry, it's Tuesday. You have to wait and call at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, there's always... uh, But my need, I've got a need. I've got to take care of it. And when I finally talk with somebody, if it's not a robot, by the time you press all them buttons, there's some virtual assistant named Sally who shows up. And I try to confuse Sally when I talk to her. She'll say, well, how can I help you? And sometimes I won't say anything. Sometimes I wait them out and sometimes they'll say well I can see you need a customer representative and I say thank you Sally that's all I've ever needed hey man it's been 40 days and 40 nights I I just need I need somebody to talk to but what is the problem because you see to them I'm just a number that pays the bill I'm just another person who they provide the internet to I'm just another person on the cell phone plan I'm just another whatever the case might be I'm just a number but can I say that in many respects in the world we are just a number, we are just a customer, we are just a so and so, oh we are of no importance for any other reason but you see God can't count his mouth gets all messed up when he looks at us and he says I see the need I know the hurt I know what's going on but I'm going to do some stuff that's completely contrary to anything you've ever seen because I love you and you are important to me anybody here because God loves you he made the numbers bend come on here anybody here because he loves you Sister Wanda the calculations weren't right it was all jumbled up In the world's eyes it wouldn't make sense It would be an unsolvable A a mathematical equation with no solution There's been times, Sister Sandy I didn't know how There's been times Can I just uh, You like it when the preacher tells on himself And confesses something every now and again Early on, it was our second year of marriage I remember we were getting ready We were working in the school And the summer was coming And we were getting ready to go And to do some preaching actually here down south We were going to be in a few different churches and things of that nature Well, we had received our last paycheck from the school And we were rolling in the dough Let me tell you, Sister Carolyn and I working full time together We was bringing in a whopping $175 a week I mean, we were walking in tall cotton Hallelujah we were walking in tall cotton, and God, would, let, me, let me tell you something. They're saying, Sister Torbert, I would not trade. I saw God do some things, because let me tell you, some 175 a week, even back then, when the, there wasn't the inflation we're dealing with now, and gas was a lot cheaper, and all that kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. You learn, oh, we would look at each other and say, living by faith in Jesus <laughs> Amen. Amen. Barely had two nickels to rub together, 175 dollars, roughly 18 dollars for a tithe check. Right? I round up. Some of y'all have been sure 17.50. That's all, that's exactly that's what it's going to be. <laughs> that's all you. That's God. That's all you want to get. Seventeen dollars fifty cents. Some of you right now in a panic because income tax is coming through. Do I tithe? Do I not tithe? Do I give an offering? Do I not give an offering? Oh, amen. That's another sermon. We had received our last paycheck. They had generously, and I'm not saying this to be facetious, I mean it, they were generous. They gave us a two week paycheck to go into the summer. So we were really living high on the hog. And right before our trip, Sister Torbert, we had the back, will bearing, and the whole assembly of that wheel bearing on our vehicle go out and so I mean when I backed out it was grinding there was stuff falling out from the tire and I mean all kinds of stuff I said Lord what are we going to do so I get a contact a mechanic just parts alone was going to be two hundred dollars not counting labor so therefore most of that big old whopping almost four hundred dollar check was just about gone and I said, but we've got to get on the road. We, we, we've got to. We've got to be down in Texas this coming weekend. We've got to get there, or the, it was going to be the next weekend. And I remember, it came. We we I I paid for, it, got all that fixed, and it was Sunday morning, and I sat down, Sister Linda, with my checkbook, and I sat down there, and that whole whopping eighteen dollars. That whole $18, Sister Anna, it might as well have been $18,000 to me that day. Now, I know for some, you might snicker and laugh, but that day, it was a big deal to us. Because I'm calculating. Gas, eats. Okay, if we do this. And I closed the checkbook, and I said, Lord, here's what I will do. Anytime you start a conversation out like that... Just know you're wrong, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm saving you some heartache. Just know, I'm telling you right now, when you start trying to, you know, negotiate with God, you're wrong, right? And I said, here's what I'm going to do. And Sister Sylvia, this is what I told the Lord. I said, here's what I'll do, Lord. We'll go. We'll preach. We'll get our first offering. I will take the tithe out of that offering and out of this paycheck that I'm supposed to pay. Because it wasn't just 18 it's $36 because I got two weeks paycheck. $36. And and I will send it back home. Surely, Lord, you can understand that. Surely, Lord, you can. And I might as well have had a heart attack sitting at that table. I mean conviction got a hold of me. I sat there and I wrestled and I wrestled. And I opened up the checkbook, and without trying to think any more about it, I wrote out thirty six dollars. Just a little. Might buy you a Whataburger meal right now for your family, and I put it in. I put it in the offering that morning, and it was you know nearly separa- separation anxiety. Watching the offering plate go, goodbye. I love you. It was nice knowing you. And so, as the day went on. Nothing out of the ordinary happened. Sunday night after service, my father in law, we preached that Sunday night. Two things happened. We preached that Sunday night, and my father in law was getting ready to dismiss the service. And there was a man who stood up in the church. He said, Pastor Smith, he said, I think it might do us some good if we could just receive an offering. For Brother Jacob and Sister Carolyn. Before they get on the road. I sat there in that pew. And tears immediately welled up in my eyes. They received that offering. And it was a a generous offering. As I was leaving the church. My wife and I. We were walking there across the road. And there was a gentleman. He said. Brother Jake. Brother Jake. Hold tight. And he called us out there. We're standing at the ditch. I'll never forget it. We were standing there and he pulls out an envelope and Brother Jeremy, these were his words. He said, I wanted to give it to you this morning, but God told me to wait. What you think he was waiting on? God was going to see if I could let go of $36. Because I looked around Sister Torbert and I said, what is this amongst so many? What is this? God, the math don't work right. God, you can't count right. You see, it's not working. I thanked him for it. He said, all I know, I wanted to give it to you this morning. God said to wait. He said, but I had the green light tonight. He said, here you go. And I opened, went home and I opened that envelope. And inside of that envelope was $1,500 cash. And I sat there and my wife and I, we wept and cried over that envelope. And I said, Lord, I gave you 36. And you, I think the church took up maybe $500. You gave me thir- I gave you 36 and you turned around and gave me $2,100. You know what I did, Sister Amber? I counted out uh, not 210. I counted out a few extra. I counted out a little over 300 and said, Lord, this I'm going to give this back to you. Why? Because I'll tell you, when you got 36 and God says, here's 21, you can't tell me God can count. It's backward math. It you know? Make sense, but I will tell you, promised my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. I've been there, Sister Jerry. I've been there more than once. I've been there many times, and not just in a financial situation, I've been there in situations with family, with health with circumstances, with things going on in life, in ministry, in the church that were so hard and so taxing. But Brother Danny, I saw where I was thankful that God couldn't count because he loved me. He loved me. He looks at us, Sister Anna, and he loves us. And he says, I'll throw math out the window if it means I get to minister to you. I'll throw it all out the window. It won't make sense. Can I tell somebody in this house, maybe you're standing at a moment and the numbers don't add up. Maybe you're standing at a moment in your life and the report doesn't add up. Maybe you're standing right now and you're counting the days and the weeks since it's been since you've seen your baby in the house of God. Maybe you're looking at some situations and you say, Brother Jacob, you know, if I just be real honest, I don't know how it's going to work. And here's what I love. Brother Gary I love when we can go into the doctor's office and they had their formulas and they had their math and they had their blood work and they shake their head and say I don't understand what happened. Somebody can shout and say I can. God can't count. He don't care what you said. He don't care what the numbers were. Oh but he is faithful. Because he's moved with compassion. Some of you counting years. Some of you counting years. That you've been praying for something in particular. Counting years, Sister Jerry. Believing for God to save. Counting days. Marking months. Every day, Sister Torbert. Counting. Holding your breath. Praying. Counting. Counting. Days that we look at, Sister Anna, and we can say, Oh, but God, can you? Because look at all these days where I feel like I wasted. Look at all this time. And God says, Well, hang on. He said, What you don't understand, Anna, I can't count. What you don't understand, I love you more than the number. What you don't understand, Carly, he says, I love you more than the number, more than the things. More than this, he told, what did he tell Peter? Is this all right? What time I got? Okay. It don't matter, does it, Sister T? Okay. Amen. You know what, know what Peter said? He said, Lord, tell me. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. He said, Lord, tell me. He said, how many times can my brother sin against me before I get bitter before I get angry, before I get all bent out of shape. He said, seven times? Is that how many offenses I need to look at? And the Lord said, no. Now, some of you would think that this is precision math, but you have to understand the essence of what Christ is saying, Brother Segura. He said, no, I say unto you, 70 times seven. Now, use your fingers and toes. That's 490 offenses in a day. Do you know why Jesus threw that number out there? Because nobody in their right mind stands around and goes, "Okay, that's number 37. That's number 225." That because when I get to 490, I mean, God said I could. God said I could hate you God said I didn't have to forgive you he threw that number out because we lose track and we do and I know I know some of you you've been keeping tabs I know some of you you've been you've been you've been looking and saying well but this one said and this one done and there's been some things against you I'm not here to minimize it but I want to tell you I'm so glad that along the way he quit counting my mistakes and he said I tell you what he Said my blood will wash away your sin. My grace is new, my mercy's brand new every morning. All of your problem cannot outlive or outrun my grace. Listen, I want to tell somebody in here when the accusations are stacked against you and it doesn't look very promising. And the devil says, but you've got this, 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 and this. You ought to smile and say, but you forgot, devil, God can't count. Here's, here's God's math on that premise, Sister T. He said, We're sinned abound. You're not hearing what I'm saying. He said, We're sinned and abound. Oh, the songwriter said the old account was settled long ago. Long ago, long ago. The old account was settled long ago. Oh, where there was so much Sister Haley against me. And it was stacked up and my sin abounded. God said, here's what I'll do. I'll just give you more grace. Here's what I'll do where sin abounds. Grace does much more abound because I'm not a number and I'm not a problem and I'm not a thorn in the side. But I am beloved, I am cherished, you are a child of the King. I'm glad that people cause God not to count. It's up to us, we'd be like the disciples, send them away, they're a problem. Let them go into town and get their own food, right? You know how it is, mamas. you're planning a birthday party. Don't think I don't know why you schedule it at 2 (laughs) o'clock. Right in the middle of the day. Why? Because you're sitting there saying, we ain't got the money and we ain't feeding everybody and the brother. They can get cake and ice cream and fruit punch and they can go home. If we do it at 12, you got to buy pizzas for everybody. If you do it at 12, you got to buy a bloated sandwich for everybody. We ain't doing it. Let them go to their own house and eat. Hey Amen. You'll, you'll find people show up birthday party you ain't seen in six years. Didn't even know you had a kid. What are you doing here? I heard there's pizza. Amen. Ca- hey they said, send them away. In other words, they're a problem. Jesus, you don't understand. We don't have enough. He says, just let me see those loaves and fishes. Just give them to me. Just give them to me. I know you think I can't count, but I already know what I'm going to do. And not only are they going to have enough to eat, and the Bible said they were all filled. The other gospel says they were all satisfied. But says there were still 12 baskets of leftovers. Why? Because God can't count. His purpose I want you to understand that because he wants to perfect his purpose in your life, he cannot count. Let me give you a couple examples. I know you're getting nervous. It's 12.14. I promise I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a close. See, I, I can't count time. <sighs> Listen, somebody said this, age is just a number. You know who I believe coined that phrase? Abraham and Sarah. Oh, I know it's not in the Bible. But if anybody could say it, they could say it. Respectively at 99 and 100 years old. Listen to what the Bible says in Genesis 18, 9 through 12. And they said unto him, this is the Lord, the angel, speaking to Abraham. Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. According to the time of life. In other words, Sarah is going to be expecting. This is the promised son, Isaac. Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, listen to this. Here's the problem. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. She was no longer able to bear a child. Biologically, it was was impossible. She was past the, the proper age, all these things. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself saying after i am waxed old shall i have pleasure my lord being old also is this really possible maybe if you would indulge your pastor maybe after her laugh she said lord you can't count about the time of life at 9 months said she's going to have a son <laughs> Yeah, right. Now, it wasn't out loud. The Bible says she laughed within herself. And the Lord then challenged her and said, why are you laughing? She wanted to say, I'm sure, Sister Rick's because you can't do math. Because this is impossible. But this is what I'm telling you, to fulfill his purpose. And hear me, Brother Dustin, for God to honor his word, he will take somebody past the biological clock. He will take a man... And a woman in their late 90s and at 100 years old, and say, Laugh again, because I'm gonna show you what I'm gonna do. I promised you you'd have a son. I promised you this would come to pass. And aren't you glad that God can't do math? Because there's some things He has promised us, there are some purposes that He has. And we're looking around, Brother Coleman, and we say, I don't know how, and I don't know when. God, don't you understand? We're past the time limit. Don't you know the deadline's over? Don't you know there's no way it can come to pass? But God says, I will not be a liar. I will not fail. I will uphold my plan and purpose. And I will bend the numbers if I have to. For his purpose. Gideon, you've got too many men. 32,000 of them are there. He said, we need to whittle this down. Oh, I know you're going to go into battle. Now, if I'm Gideon, I'm thinking... (laughs) I, I kind of need this many. I kind of, Lord, if I'm going to win the battle, I need, I need some men with me. God said, you got too many. He said, here's what we're going to do. He said, you ask all of them. If any of you is afraid and scaredy cats, then you get to leave. The Bible said 22, 21, 22. You have to help, Pastor, look it up. We'll go with 22. I believe I'm right. 22,000 men left 22,000 you know what God says Gideon's really nervous you know what God tells Gideon he says you still got too many what did you not just see this mass exodus did you not just see all this that's yeah you've got too many so the Bible gives him the scenario that needs to be laid out they're going to go down to the river to drink you can go back and, and look it up but let's To make a long story short, Gideon was left with 300 out of 32,000. 300. And if I'm Gideon, Brother Eli, I'm saying, God, you can't count right. How's this going to be? But God has always been in the business of using the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has always been in the business that his ways are mysterious. When you think a God of precision and power and purpose and exactness, and you say, Lord, what's happening? Because it doesn't add up. He said, number one, because of people, I love people. And he said, number two, because I will fulfill my purpose no matter what. Sister Carolyn, if you'll come. He loves people. He will fulfill his purpose. And a part of that purpose is his passion. His passion. You see, it was his passion that led him to the cross. The Bible tells us this, Brother Eli. See, the math doesn't line up. And this is what, this is what we don't understand. This is, a, you know, this, this is seemingly unfair. It said, by one man's sin, sin entered into the whole world. We are paying the price and the uh, consequence of this sin nature we contend with because of one man's sin, that's Adam. But the Bible goes on to say, but because of one man's death, life, the gift of God, eternal life, has been provided to all. I'm paraphrasing, but to all. Or the Bible says, whosoever will. But you see... Lord, the math don't add up. There's multiplied billions throughout the course of human history. And only one lamb. God says, I know. I can't count. But because I love people and because my purpose will be fulfilled, I've got a passion to see man reconciled back to God. He said, so I'll throw the numbers out to the window. And even though it's one versus several multiplied billion throughout the course of time and eternity. He said, the one will win every single time. The shepherd, the woman who lost the coin, the prodigal. Are all examples that God's math don't add up. I've got 99 perfectly good sheep. Should I just go ahead and pursue one that's lost? I'm so glad that when that one was me, Brother Jeremy. You see, the 99, it's easy for us not to care because we're safe in the fold. But for the one who's out, Brother Marvin, they sure are glad that God doesn't look and say, but 99 and one... 99 is not too shabby. We can, do, we can do without one. God says, no, 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 no. You see, here's the problem. I, I can't count. And I'm not going to be satisfied until I get that one back. Until I get the one back. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. Father, I thank you today. Lord, I thank you today that you have a love for your people. Lord, that your purpose is going to be fulfilled. Lord, today there's going to be so much that in, that in your passion for us and your willingness to die. Lord, that the price that was paid, that your blood's been shed so that we might have eternal life. I'm thankful to declare and say today, I'm so glad, God, that when it comes to us, When it comes to our scenarios. When it comes to our sureties. When we know for certain it's not going to work. When we know for certain it's not going to come together. I'm so glad that your math doesn't add up. I'm so glad Lord that in the end there's many things you've proven you can't count. Because you have worked and you've maneuvered and you have done wonderfully in our lives. And Lord today. Lord, today, those that stand at a precipice where it seems like things don't add up. Those that are hearing the reports and those that have the analysis and those that have the numbers. Those that can point to the calendar and see the days and the weeks, the months and the years. Those that have counted down the minutes on the clock, but their mind has been full of anxiety. That their heart has been suppressed with fear. I pray today you remind them that because they are your people. You will throw all the numbers, all the data, all the analysis out the window. And you will prove that you are God. Every sin that's been levied against us. Everything that we have failed in and fallen short of. Lord, I'm glad today where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. I'm thankful your passion for us. I'm thankful your passion. You'd leave 99 to find me. Lord, there would be 10 coins and there would be 9 perfectly good and one that was lost, but yet you will rejoice when that one is found. Lord, today help us to be thankful and grateful. Help us to realize in our situation that there's some things you just can't count. This morning all over this house, it might be some very specific needs. It might include people you love wholeheartedly. It might include some things that today just do not make sense and you don't know how it's going to work out. Maybe there are some things where God is asking you to test you, as He did Philip What are we going to do about this? And you've reasoned, you formulated, you sat down with the calculator, you counted everything up, you looked at all the things and said, but Lord, there's not enough. Lord, it's impossible. Lord, it's gone too far. It's expired. What are we going to do? And God says, well, the good news is I can't count. I'm going to work on your behalf. I'm going to prove that I'm faithful. I'm going to see my purpose, my promise fulfilled in your life. I today don't know of every situation, everything that you're battling, everything that you're up against, but there's a God in heaven that does. And He loves you. You're not just a number to Him. He doesn't send you away in haste. He doesn't look at you as an inconvenience or a problem. But today He says, you're mine. I love you. And I'll do whatever's necessary to help you. This morning, whatever the need, whatever the burden, whatever the situation, Would you today respond and say, Lord, I'm thankful that there are certain things that you can't count, certain things that doesn't add up, but I see that it's for my purpose. And I see, Lord, you're working on my behalf. And I see, Lord, you're forgiving me and loving me. And, Lord, I see that you're doing things that I can't fully understand right now, but I'm going to trust you. Is that you this morning? Why don't we come and find ourselves a place around these altars? Why don't you come this morning and say, Lord, here I am, and I'm laying these things before you. You see the way it is. You see the way it looks. You know the way that it's coming together. You know all of the things that are going on. But, Lord, here I am. I'm going to lay it at your feet. Here I am, Lord. I'm going to trust you with it. Here I am, Father. I'm going to believe you to do what only you can do. Here I am, Lord. Oh, with all of my confusing moments and all of the things that I don't quite know or understand. But, Lord, I'm trusting you to work your plan. I'm trusting you to move on behalf of your people. I'm trusting your purpose to be fulfilled. Oh, we love you, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Here I am today. Here I am today.